0: Hi, this is Terry McMinn from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the girl on the meat book, and you're listening to Without Your Head.
1: of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and returning here is russell jeffrey banks of who's watching oliver Uh, i've been waiting to have you back on the show it's very cool to talk to you again
2: hello brother thank you for inviting me back on the show i appreciate that man
1: yeah definitely so last time we had you on well i had you on uh the movie wasn't out yet and now i saw on your page it was number one on uh, amazon
2: on the new releases yeah, we just released. Uh, we released last week, uh, uh, but the DVD released yesterday. So yeah, man, uh, exciting times. Nervous but exciting. <laughs>
1: uh, so is the version that I saw the final version, the same one that's out now, or was it changed
2: at all? Um, I think it's pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, you yeah, you would have got the screener. So, um, other than the Blu-ray being a, a little bit crisper with color and so on um mm-hmm. no it's going to be the same disc mm-hmm. uh, w- when you were yeah. editing the movie
1: how how hands-on were you when you when the uh when they edited the final movie so i
2: wasn't at all i mm-hmm. uh i didn't have any say in it or anything to do with editing um jesse maddox was our main editor and he was working with raymond huber so the two of those two were doing it both together
1: okay close so- so when um, you saw yeah. the when you saw the final movie, maybe I'm asked this, I'm not sure. But when you saw the final movie, um, were you surprised at all by anything that might have been cut out, or or how the movie you know looked? When it so, was I, I,
2: well, it is a it is a big difference because uh, so originally when I first watched a version of it, it was a lot lot longer, mm-hmm. a, like a shit ton longer. It was a fuck. It would have been about. Um, I don't know, forty forty five minutes longer, um, and that bit, yeah, that one uh, had a lot lot of the scenes cut out. Um, but I think I think this version worked worked better. Yeah, so yeah, Jesse and uh, Ray they done a really great job. And then uh, the version which I had seen also didn't have the sound, so Alex Boyasson like it was different sound. Mm-hmm. So a- Alex Boyasson as the sound guy. He worked on it for. A long time, and he had done a really great job with all the sound. Yeah, yeah. is that uh, a weird
1: is that a weird experience at all? Like you know, working on a movie, acting in the movie, and then kind of it goes away to other people. They put it together, and then watching you know the final the final film that people put together. Um,
2: in all honesty, I, I hate watching myself, man. I still do. Ah, oh, fuck, it's so cringy. Do you know like ah. Uh, I just can't express how much I hate to watch myself. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah. And it's probably a confidence thing. I like, I don't know. I just, uh, anything I do, if I watch it, I think I look like a dickhead anyway. So, uh, yeah, it, it's one of them. So I don't, I don't even know if I would be able to be involved in any, any of that process because I just, You just fuck cut, yourself out cut of the whole movie. Like, right? Oh, completely, completely. I just <laughs> can't deal with it. Even, uh, yeah, and and it's weird because I like I have to edit my show reels and all that because I'm a broke broke guy, <laughs> broke motherfucker. So I have to do it myself, but it, it's so hard because yeah, I just hate it. I I hate watching myself at all. Um, and then it's the whole thing when you listen. Even it's like even with these podcasts and that. What makes me nervous is if I listen to him back because you hear your own voice. And then once you hear your voice, you're like, fuck off. I don't sound like that, Uh you know? So, Uh yeah, I know very well, because
1: when I first started doing the show, you know, I'd uh, listen a lot uh, to do the editing. And and over time, I try not to uh, uh, have to edit too much because I don't like to listen to myself either. So I totally understand. Yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah. Or if I listen uh... to
1: an old show, I think, ah, that guy sounds like a moron. I'm talking
2: about myself. Yeah, no, definitely. But no, actually, um, Jesse, Jesse Maddox and Ray, they, they did a wicked job editing it. The the first version, which I watched, it had so much miss, missing, so much of the, the cool shit. Mm-hmm. Like um, the whole uh, Cecilia uh, Belletti scene, the Italian girl, when I kill her, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm off my pills and that really greatly edited and the first version i saw didn't have any of that so it was nice when i i saw it all come together that was nice that was cool man yeah yeah
1: uh people that's been that's been seeing it so far uh what's the reaction been like and
2: uh it's it's been great man um it's been a big surprise like fuck we've been and the reviews have been great Like, Mm. like we've had a few bad ones but it's been like 95 98 percent all good we've had a uh, jesus it must be about 60 really great reviews just yesterday we had a uh, free coming mm-hmm. um oh man and then like yeah some of them they they write stuff like it's gonna be a cult classic and then oh my guts just go ee! <laughs> love it yeah um, yeah it's uh it's quite surreal quite mm-hmm. surreal. And, yeah, and when people have been talking about my acting, it's like, fuck, I'm an out-of-work actor trying to get work. So they're bigging me up, and I'm like, oh, it's
1: amazing. <laughs> uh, that's pretty wild, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the movie right away, and, and Jason, who does our reviews. So I'm happy that people are seeing it
2: and uh, and really digging it. Well, you lot got involved. You know, this is a good thing. There's a whole bunch of the horror community. Like I, I always bring up Meredith uh, Bogart-Brown because she was one of the first – to really start pushing the film. But there's a whole big uh, group of you guys, like yourself and uh, a load of other guys who have really got behind us right near the beginning. And we would have been fucked without that. Like, I, I honestly, this is like me, Ray, Richie, we always talk about how lucky we've been. Because if you guys have hated us, maybe we wouldn't have been doing so well now because it seems to have just been like from one to another and we're being passed along to another guy who somebody thinks we'd like and they write about us. And yeah, it's been, been a ride, man. It's been cool. Yeah, It's been a long one, though. It's been like two and a half, two years since we filmed it. So yeah, yes. but it's cool, man. It's, yeah. Along those lines, like two and a half years.
1: So what, what happens in all those like two and a half years from when you actually finish a movie... Obviously, you have to edit and put together. But I think there's probably a lot of things that people don't even
2: think about. Yeah. Um, And this is the thing, like, me and uh, especially Ray. Raymond Huber, he was uh, the co-director and then also the producer. But he never stopped working. And this is – I don't think, like, he gets enough thanks for what he's been doing. So, like, when we wrapped, it just carried on, man. And then it's – we tried to get into festivals and it is so weird. Like, we won, fuck, like, quite a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's so funny because our original goal was to get selected to, for two festivals. That was it. Mm-hmm. And and we was like, we sat down and we was like, right, if we get, uh, if we just get into a couple of festivals, we can, uh, you know, we'll use it on the front cover of the DVD or whatever and we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we ended up winning. I think it was like 11. 11 festivals or something I'm not sure we we've done really well at the festivals yeah um so that but that that was a quite a long process that was like last year mm-hmm. we was uh going from festival to festival and every time it was highs like highs and lows every time we got into one it was like fuck, we got into another one uh-huh. and uh then we won it and and then myself I picked up some acting awards which like yeah, it was weird because, like, yeah. So, on the other film which I did, Ghost House, which fuck, I loved being a part of that film. It was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so pleased to be on that film. But we shot that quite that was shot quite a while before it before it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, yeah, the reviews they 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 didn't like me. That just put it how it is. Like in Starburst, they they basically just said I was shitting it. So I was like, fuck. And then, uh, yeah, Then, uh, so then to win awards for this film, and the whole thing about that was, with Ghost House, I loved being on that film. I loved uh, working with Scout Taylor Compton, James Landry Herbert, Mm -hmm. but I did realize there was a difference between their acting and mine. I could feel the difference. So as soon as we wrapped that, that film, I was kind of disappointed in myself at my acting in that film. So I went straight back to the drawroom board. I went back to England, um, studied st- straight for six months, six months, eight months, um, and then I really thought, right, the next film I do, I've got to really just try and get myself into it, all, all go in, all, all shot. And then Oliver came along. We wrote that, and uh, while well, we'd been writing that in the pr- in the meantime, um, so I went deep on that. So yeah, when I started to win awards for Oliver um fuck it meant the world it really did it, it was like and then it was funny because just last two weeks ago we had a review from starburst andrew pollard at starburst and uh and he was right to say it. in ghost house he 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 like for starburst he literally said i'm like the worst actor in the world blah 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 and i was like fuck that hurts but, but then in this one he he was he's, he wrote that this was uh one of the standout performances in the genre of 2018. And it was, it's silly, but fuck, man, it was just, it it meant a lot to me. That was the one which really, because it was the full circle. And that Mm -hmm. was the one which was like, yeah, the hard work kind of paid off in a way. Because, yeah. yeah, I I
1: don't know if you can put into words, but what are the things like you work on uh, when you think like, well, I didn't. I didn't act the way I wanted to in that movie, and he said he went, you know, studied or worked on it. But what, what like are the specific things you work on?
2: Um, so originally, like I've studied in classes and that before, but I never. I'm I've always felt that I'm in catch up anyway because I could never afford to do drama school, and I and I came into it quite late. So I, I learned on set, like I did a lot of the stand in jobs on on the bigger American films like Hangover. Shanghai and that, but I never, I, I think I missed out on that training. Mm-hmm. But actually, funny enough, what I did, I did. Uh, what what is it called? Jesus, I'm trying to think of the name for any of the listeners. But I did this online course uh, in America, and it's got loads, tons of great teachers. Where it's like different workshops, um, like Amy Linden uh, Eric. Uh, oh, I forgot the names, Jesus. But really great teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing that every day, and a lot of it was just learning to cope with, with my nerves because that—that's that, one of the biggest things on being on set is being able to, being able to control yourself, um, and really also learning how to learn the lines properly. That was the one thing which I didn't do in previous films was really understand, understand the character. So that—that that was the difference with Oliver. Is I felt like I, I really got into him. A lot more than I did with uh, previous characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, those were the main things. And being honest with myself. And the other thing was, uh, yeah, I think it was just being being more honest. And and you know, there's one thing pretending to be something to actually being something can fuck like I fucked. Don't get me wrong. I fucked my head up with Oliver. Though. I I did go in really deep. <laughs> And after the film, it, it stuck with me a long time. And it, it was like, fuck, I've got to shake this character off now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, definitely, it, you know, I'm still learning on the job, though. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. But it, was, it was just nice to to do that circle in a way of uh, bad reviews for myself to good reviews. And, you know, it's feedback. Um, and... I, I never mind. Like I, I never took it personal. It was, you know, I whenever I read anything bad about me, I just thought, right, yeah, fair point. Mm-hmm. I've got to improve on this. I've got to improve on that. None of the bad reviews were being nasty about me. Mm-hmm. They were just, uh, I was, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of other actors anyway. I, I I like to go back and I listen to the people who I, I look up to. So I, I'm forever looking back at old tapes and interviews of other actors for advice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think Matthew McConaughey, he was talking about when he got bad reviews and just, you try and pick out the stuff which you can learn from. And, uh, you know, because it's easy to get comfortable acting. It's easy to fall into a spot Mm -hmm. where you're, you, one thing worked once and then you're like, fuck people like that. I'll do that again and I'll do it again. And, and that, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into that trap. Mm hmm. And then uh, you're trying to please the people around you rather than, you know, being true to the character as such. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: mm. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, there's a difference between someone just being like, oh, this guy sucks, you know, and some type of constructive criticism of why they didn't like
2: it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. A million percent. But that said, you know, it's... uh, Fuck any of the films I've been on. I always appreciate just being on there. It, it, it's still. I've been doing this now ten years, but it's still like it's still new to me, and I, I'm still like, fuck! I can't believe I'm here.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um. And now I think that was the thing with Ghost House. Funny enough, is that in some of the scenes, I found myself. I, I'm I'm a big fan of of James Landry Herbert. I liked his work before we started. You know, mm-hmm. and same with Scout. So I, I think there was a few scenes when I was in the scenes, and I was like, ah, "This that dude from the other film I watched."
0: And <laughs> <Right>. yeah,
2: so <laughs> yeah, so that's something which uh, you know I didn't. You just got to work on that a bit and be like, "Fuck, let's get into the character and really break it down," and mm-hmm. you know, be you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, back to the the
1: festival uh, when you're doing the festivals, I've had people on who uh, mm-hmm. either like really praise festivals, say they're good. And I've had other people who said they really think they're kind of a, uh, money trap. Like you put money in and you don't really get anything out. Uh, looking back, do you think that was a a good experience? And do you think it helped, uh, help get the movie out there?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um, we won. We won a lot of festivals, so fuck yeah, I love, love them. I love the festivals. Uh-huh. If we had lost or done nothing, I'd be saying the complete opposite, but
0: <laughs> right. no, man.
2: Yeah. Why why they why being me. nice to yeah. us? I'm all about them. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, I myself
1: just started I'm doing late. festivals. I've been, uh, you know, just as there's press and stuff, and uh, I've been really having a good time at the festivals.
2: Um, So after we did the festivals, and uh, yeah, with the festivals first off, uh, joking apart, no, they were great to us, so Mm -hmm. uh, again, without the festivals, we wouldn't have spread the news, we're we're a tiny film, so the good thing about the festivals was that was our first place where we could actually go and spread the news to the horror community, because we were most, not like... uh, I'd say 80% of the festivals were horror festivals anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was our first part where we actually made uh, met people. And they passed us around. So that's that's another one. Like Stu Jopier at uh, the Dead, uh, Dead yeah. of the Night Festival. And a million other, Nadine, uh, I forgot her name, Jesus. But a million people, they were so kind to us at passing us around. Mm-hmm. So that was also why the festivals were so great for a little film like us. Mm-hmm. Um and then after the festival, and it also helped us sell us. You know, without, without festival wins, we'd be struggling a bit more than we were. Mm-hmm. Um, then after the festival, uh, uh, Raymond and uh, our executive producer, Aki, and that, they went to try and find distribution for us. Um, and that, that was the main process. So again, uh, tireless, Ray, Raymond Huber again never stopped why we were, you know, why it had gone quiet from me and Richie. He carried on trying to sort a deal for us, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: So,
1: so then after the festival run, uh, so you said you sold, you hmm. guys sold the
2: movie at the festivals or do you think that helped sell the movie? No, no. no um, I think it helped. I think, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely gave us a platform to say, look, we've done okay. People seem to enjoy us. Um, but, that said, I don't know the business of the film, mm-hmm. so uh, film uh, films. So I might be wrong. That's just my opinion. But then after that, uh, yeah, Raymond went away with Aki, tried to do their magic, tried to come up with a deal, and then uh, luckily enough, we came. Uh, we ended up working with uh, Gravitas, mm-hmm. who who have been phenomenal, got us to a lot more platforms than we we expected. Like right now, Jesus, we're in a so many cable networks and other things on video on demand, and uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Vidu, um, trying to think of some other places we are, Google Play, uh, iTunes, and then we've got all the satellite and and that networks in uh, North America, so yeah, yeah, and then uh, then we waited for the release in that time, uh, yeah, just trying to plug away it. They're pushing the film as best we could. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a long process, mm-hmm. but it's been good. Yeah.
1: So uh, what, are, what are some yeah. of the
2: specials that are on the DVD and Blu-ray release? Do you know what? I honestly have no idea. Oh, right. It okay. wasn't uh, like, yeah, it, it's bad, but yeah, I, I have no idea. That would stand to Gravitas and uh, Ray and that, so I'm I'm not not really sure. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah. Hopefully, something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there is. So, uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, you know after filming the movie, you kind of had to get out of the head of Oliver. Uh, yeah. What was the process yeah, like getting it into
2: it? Getting into the head for uh, first of all. Um, it was dark. It, it was dark. You know. Um, first of all, we watched uh, me, Richie Raymond. We watched. Uh, Tons and tons of documentaries mm. on A, serial killers. But then the whole thing with Oliver is he's been abused his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so really watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot of stuff about abuse victims being abused your whole life. Um, and then, you know, with Oliver, we don't actually go into what, what's there, but it is hinted at that he's slightly autistic or, mm-hmm. do you know, like he... Which... As in our view, a lot of that has been caused by the the abuse that he's been suffering over the years, which, it, you know, he, he's he's been uh, mentally, physically, sexually abused his whole life, and and this is something that we uh, try to have underlying what what's been going on in in his backstory. Um, so yeah, just really trying to go into understand his de- decision making. It, it, it's funny because. Like, 90% of the people who, who, who have reviewed us have, have said, yeah, they, they get it. But the ones who, who didn't get, uh, get it just don't understand why he would be doing what, like, the, I think early on in the film you understand that his mother's forcing him to do the, the bad shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, there's one scene in there which, fuck, it's a hard scene to watch, but his, his mum makes him uh, masturbate in front of the camera. Now, this, this was an important scene to show mm-hmm. that he's probably done this his whole life. Mm-hmm. So when people are saying, why, why doesn't he just say, oh, no, uh, I'm not going to. Well, if you've been victimized your whole life, it's not so easy just to turn around and right. say no mm-hmm. to whoever's doing that to you. And this is something that we was trying to get across in those scenes. That's why those scenes are there, mm-hmm. to really try and show... His backstory of what's happened to him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and then just understanding that it's it's you know he's fragile so when you're trying to go into that mindset you know you really trying to uh, dig deep inside to to be in that place and, and it was it was fucking horrible set mm-hmm. this is like the one thing that that i will keep saying uh, in interviews, and that is, I've never worked on a set this dark before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enjoyable. Nobody had fun. Uh, it, it like it, every other film I've been on. It it's you know you're around people you're fun you're like this one wasn't like that at all. It was a dark. Everybody hated being there. Other than the outside scenes with Sarah, that that was like break, But inside that house, it, it was fuck. It was horrible and it, and it was a constant battle because every time I was going out of character Richie or Raymond they'd say like you you're going out of Oliver go back to Oliver mm-hmm. so i think part of the reason it like everybody was so dull on set and it was, was so draining was you know they realized it was so important to keep keep me in Oliver mm-hmm. and not to be make it a fun place and it wasn't it fucking sucked mm-hmm. it, it was uh it was dark it wasn't it was you know, even with the comical scenes, which comical like, but they're not comical to perform them. Right. They're just nuances which are quite funny. Mm-hmm. But they're funny because you're doing them deadpan. There's nothing funny about performing them. It's not like you you're breaking up with it and it's being a, a happy moment. It's not. It, it's still shit. It's still dark and it was still tight. Like it, I just can't express how how much this one took everybody's energy. And everybody said the same thing about it. They fucking hated being there. It wasn't it wasn't a pleasant experience to shoot this one mm-hmm. because uh, it was so long in in that mental space of being fucked up. Mm-hmm. And and then it it was funny. It was like the scene with Cecilia Belletti when when Oliver finally just breaks. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was outlived. That wasn't written because that was the time to break. And I, and I did, there wasn't no doubt of that, that was real, like, that, that, the screaming, the fucking letting go, that was right, let's get rid of this shit now, and, yeah, it was fucking horrible, man, it it, it wasn't fun, it wasn't, it, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that, I think it shows, on, on that's the one thing that I'm hearing, is that it shows on, on the screen that the darkness did come across, and, like, the tensions, whatever was going on set, I think it helped us for the film. Mm-hmm. for that story you know
1: yeah cause Oliver's not just like uh, a villain he's also a victim in the movie and the story and uh
2: oh, I a million it's... percent yeah mm-hmm. and I think it's good that the
1: Sorry. Uh, no it's good it's fine I think it's good that the violence is uh, is hard to watch because um it shouldn't be like uh it's weird sometimes if you watch a movie and it's like the the, the rape scene's fun in some way because that's kind of bizarre, but this is showing, you know, that this is, like, uh, a terrible, terrible things
2: that are that are happening. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, and it's like, it's like with the rape scene. Fuck, that was the worst scene I've ever, ever shot. It, it was completely the worst, horriblest scene. But you take that out of that film, and then, the, like, the one thing about that rape scene is what we're trying to get across is, and it, it, it's horrendous. It's completely a horrendous to watch. Mm-hmm. Completely horrendous act. Like, I think anybody who, who, who's realistic knows that we're not saying, oh, oh yeah, it's okay to rape anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole point of that is that Oliver is crying when he's doing it. He physically can't... As soon as the camera goes off, he's on the floor crying, apologising to, to the dead body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was fucking hard to shoot that it was like every everybody involved luckily the one thing which was kind of made it easier was that me and kelly uh we know we know we've known each other for a long long time Mm -hmm. which helps you know for the fact that it made it that little bit less uncomfortable but it was still the most horriblest horriblest worst scene i think any of us had ever filmed but it tells a story Mm-hmm. And and it, it is telling a story. It's telling. It's not just telling the story of, of this poor girl who's being can having these horrendous, horrible little things happen to her. It's also showing this guy who's who's being submissive to his bully, doing this stuff. What he's been ordered to do, mm-hmm. completely hating it, completely not wanting to do that, but giving in to somebody else who, who's who's done. Physically and sexually and mentally abused him as well so you know it it, it without that scene it's a different story you're telling you know mm-hmm.
1: so so uh, how long did it take to get out of Oliver get that out of your head and was there anything you, you did specifically
2: <laughs> um quite a while honestly quite a while it, it was I'll give you an example before Oliver uh, years, like, before that, I used to get panic attacks like years and years ago in the early days. I, plus, I had massive stage fright. And, you know, it's all combined. Um, Oliver brought them back completely. After, after Oliver, I, I felt the panic attacks come back, which I hadn't had for years. Um, yeah, it really did. It was something which, you know, took a while to get out of. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you just... But it's not when you say that it's not because of the the Oliver character. It's because you're making yourself sad. You know the the simple fact is, if you're playing somebody sad, you you you're tapping in on your own sad, uh, or you know you're bringing yourself down. You, you're playing with your own emotions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you do it for a certain amount of time. Of course, it's going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it starts to fuck you up a bit, and you you're not feeling the happy fucking you know, person you was beforehand. Um, And so, yeah, a million percent. That was, but it was a good learning curve as well, because it's, it, it took, Oliver taught me a lot about my own mind on tapping in for different characters, tapping into different thoughts, tapping into, to the emotions that, that, that you need. And, you know, for everything bad, it was, it was still, you still get that pleasure of an actor, of, of becoming a different version of yourself, Mm-hmm. In in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, well, yeah.
1: Uh, was that the only actor that you knew before the movie?
2: Um, no. Sarah, Sarah, I worked with her in another film, the uh, Sophia. Okay. Uh, she actually played my mother in a, in a King Arthur, the asylum film. Which fuck, that was fun. That was a fun <laughs> film, Jard Cone. Um oh, I mean it's silly, it's a silly movie. Mm-hmm. It's a B movie, be, like that's what it is. It's a uh, asylum film, but fuck it was fun. Oh my god, that film like it, it's ludicrous, it's silly, like one minute she turns like near the end she turns into a fucking skyscraper robot going through <laughs> Bangkok City. It's uh-huh. it's ridiculous. But it's meant to be. Uh-huh. And on that film I, I did that with so many friends like Byron Gibson, um, Kelly Kelly uh, B Jones, Bronwyn Jones, uh, Alex Winters, Owen. All these guys like Ailey, Tanya. It was, it was fucking fun that film. And then that's why I met uh, Sarah, and, and we got on well, man. We we acted together, and, and it was a complete different style. This was like you know, but you know we stayed in touch. And, and I thought, fuck, I want to work with her again. So I, I'd said to Ray and Richie about Sarah, and yeah, luckily when she came over, she was shooting um, Kickboxer. She's she's in the Kickboxer film, see, Okay. Uh, with Jean Claude Van Damme mm-hmm. and that. So she was in the the those two, and it worked in in Thailand. Like that break of her being in Thailand worked out out well for our films. So yeah, it was good, man. I. Jesus, Sarah Malachal Lane, I love working with her she's great, she's great, really great Uh and she fuck man, that's what I say like we're shooting all this dark stuff and then when she came we're out in this theme park and we needed that we really needed that little break away from this dark house and this Mm -hmm. dark shirt. so that was nice Mm -hmm. that was nice, and mentally I needed that break and just to be around somebody who who was uh, fucking awesome yeah, so Mm -hmm. that was nice
1: yeah, and I think it works in the movie, yeah. too, because it kind of gives you, like, uh, I guess, false hope. that, But, like, <coughs> hey, you know, maybe there's a chance for Oliver to live, like, a, a somewhat normal life. And uh, maybe him and Sophia can, yeah, definitely. Know, break out definitely. of this. And, you know, it, it makes the more, movie more horrific because, uh, you know, you've got the, the, the little bit of hope there. And then it, it all
2: breaks apart. Not to spoil the movie. Definitely. No, but, yeah, you're completely right. Definitely. And, and it's also you know there's a there's a lot of things going on with Sarah's backstory and as yeah there's little clues going in. If, if, I think I mentioned this before, but it's like in conversations where we're talking about her dreams. If you if anybody wants to go back and actually look at the real meanings of of her dreams and that, they are little clues which people probably won't get, but it's just for us, man. We put in a lot of wild stuff. Just, mm-hmm. which people may never notice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, along those lines, are you... um Anything you're surprised by at any of the reviews or, or people who watched it who uh, pick up on something that maybe you didn't
2: think they would or maybe you didn't even see yourself? Uh, yeah. Well, surprised, first of all. I'm surprised everybody likes it, but <laughs> that's just because I'm in it. So, right, fuck, yeah. I'm buzzing off that. I can't... <laughs> like, honestly... That's just a nervous person of me, than the pe- pessimistic. So people like it and it's doing well. That's first of all, that's a bigger surprise, and I'm fucking buzzing on that. But when they review the film, um, yeah, I'm 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 happy that people get the story a lot more than you know. But then, but then other people don't, and that's sometimes it's weird because. When you read the difference of the reviews, different people are picking up on... They're certainly picking up on on different things that we planned. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's funny that, you know, some go in one direction, some go in the other. I'm trying not to give away spoilers. But, yeah, it's also funny because three people wrote the film, me, Raymond, and Richie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all have little departments that we kind of put in there for a reason. So when one of them starts to get, like... Richie's little backstory or, or idea. I know he's sat there going, yeah, you fucking got it. Or when they get something which I wrote, I'm like the same, or Raymond, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then there's so much stuff which people haven't noticed yet, which I don't know if they ever will, but there's so many little hidden f- things we've got going on in the film, which was just for fun. Not for fun, fuck no, it wasn't. It was like us when we was writing it, trying to you know, the mm-hmm. uh, storytellers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice when people do pick up on stuff, which we did on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, because it was fucking hard to do it. And uh, like certain stuff, when we tried to time stuff just so so it worked, it was like yesterday uh, in one of the reviews, somebody brought up the pink train. And yeah, it's just nice when people start to notice stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they're not just because, watching. Because I remember surface. when we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all that stuff was like like when Richie and Raymond when they were directing this was the stuff which they took time and it's nice to see that certain people do see it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, some of those shots like you're waiting for that certain train to hit at that exact moment and it all means something but it's like, like fuck, it took out like took so long to, to prep these shots. Mm-hmm. So it is nice when certain people do read into it and go yeah 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 there's something there or uh or little things like a t-shirt or something i don't know i don't want to give away shit but yeah (laughs) yeah. it's just nice when certain people pick up on little things that we planned or like a tunnel or yeah just a million little details or a picture in the background or fucking light and change or just yeah there's so many little things that when I, I look back and it was like took so long to, to try and put together these little it's nice when people start to to pick up on them mm-hmm. do you know
1: uh, earlier yeah. when you mentioned uh, about uh, stage fright uh, why did you pursue acting yeah. uh, if if you had stage fright
2: because I love it man I love it it's uh, yeah I love it Um love acting uh, I love I'm a film fan man I'm I I grew up, ever since I was a kid, mm-hmm. I, I've been fascinated with films. Over Even as, a, like, my mum and dad, they they were split up before I can ever remember. And my dad, he used to bring me boxes of old VH test tapes, which he'd just left recording on the movie channel.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Like, back back in the day when Sky first came around, he had Sky, and I used to live with my mum in, a in like, a little council flat. So he'd bring a box of videos, potluck videos, and I'd sit and watch them. Um... And it didn't matter which ones they were. Could have been a horror film. Could have been a... Fucking hell, it could have been Hayley Mills in a, in a kid's film. Could have been a old black and white James Cagney or Bogart. I just love films. Always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I left school, I left school at 15. I got expelled. And then I, I did five years of of jobs, which, you know, they weren't for me. It was either being a, on a building site or on a market or behind a bar, on a roof, door-to-door sales, uh, in a hospital, um, more than five years, all through my life, really. Because, uh, you know, even when I was acting, I still had to do other jobs. Um, but, yeah, it was always the acting which, which I wanted. It was just, you know, trying to trying to make that happen. And, you know, everybody gets nervous on shit. You do, but it doesn't mean you give up. Um, but I had some fucking. I tell you, like I had some people have been extremely nice to me along along this road. It's a uh, God rest his soul, Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, when I was on to the stand-in on uh, Street Fighter Two: Legends of Chung Li, mm-hmm. I had to stand off camera and just read a page of lines to a table of guys who have sat down in the Bison's den, and that gave me a like fuck. I uh. Back then, I didn't realise it was like almost a panic attack, but I didn't know what was going on. It was just, to me, it was stage right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I locked myself downstairs in the toilet. I was like, fuck, what the fuck? Like, I'm not even in the film, and I'm getting nervous just standing off camera reading to these guys. I couldn't do it. You know, somebody had to come and take over. And then uh, after, that was something which I always remember as Michael Clark Duncan. He, He came and he spoke to me about nerves and told me about, uh, just gave me some nice tips on it. And it was nice. And I've had a lot of people throughout the journey so far who have been super nice to me when they didn't need to. And it means the world to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So,
1: um, would you ever, uh, do another Oliver movie?
2: Um, maybe, maybe, I, uh, Fuck got to see what happens with this one first. Sure, uh, yeah, it's pretty early, yet. Yeah, of course I fucking would. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> am I saying. Of course I would at some point. I just... uh Just got to see what happens with this one, you know. It's still... Do you know, it's still kind of surreal that... Like, you know, this is the first... I did a film years ago called Goodnight Gloria, but... And this isn't nothing about the film. It was just, this is, you know this was a, an attempt at something which with Jack Everett and you know, we didn't know what we was doing so well. And mm-hmm. I, I still speak. I love Jack. He took a gamble on this film and that, but it wasn't great. And you know, that's on, on me. I, I did like Sarah Lee was, she was great in, in that film, but myself, that was one of the first large roles I'd done. This is really a, a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now to have a film where I'm like the lead guy in it and people seem to like it, it, it does feel surreal. I, I, I'm not like playing it cool on this one at all. I, I have nerves of jelly. So when I, I'm like looking at this shit, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice. It's nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I went off tangent there, but no, I forgot the fine. point I was going to make. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that movie you mentioned? Good night, Gloria. Uh, Oh, man, that was fun. That was fun. That was... uh, I I, I helped write that one. And, uh, yeah, me, Jack Abbott. Actually, funny enough, Byron Gibson in that film. Byron Gibson, he was in uh, Only God For Gibbs. He's an old friend of mine, lovely guy. I know him from Bangkok. He's he's doing amazing. He's got quite a lot of films out. But I've worked with him a few times. Uh, And then Sarah Lee... um, oh Jesus, my mind, is. but Sally Lofthouse, another load of great people but we had no money and no money at all I was crashing on uh, uh, Deanne Charles, an old friend uh, on her sofa just trying to shoot this film around London and, and this guy Jack Everett, he put like everything every penny what he had into that film, which is beautiful of him and you know we, fuck, it was learning, everybody was learning and it's the first film. First films are, are meant to be like that, unless unless you're a, a genius like fucking Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese or somebody like that. Yeah. But it, it was what it was. But I look back at that at fond memories. And, yeah, that was fun. It was hard, though. It was a hard one trying to, you know, and, again, same like fucking most of the listeners who do film, you look back at those films and you look back at all the people who helped you back then. Mm-hmm. like crashing on floors or like, uh, yeah, million. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, it, and to me, that's, you know, this is another thing, like, like every film, because I didn't do the drama school, like the three, four years of drama school. Mm-hmm. I do feel like every film was learning every film I did. And you can see that because, you know, on these earlier films, I, I suck. I was sh- shit on them, like you, you know. But I was learning, and and you're allowed to suck when you're learning. That's that's the fact. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but, so, uh, yeah. When when
1: you were watching those movies that your dad would record, uh, which I used to record off uh, TV too. Yeah. The uh, what are some of the ones that do stand out to you that uh, you think like, you know? I know you said you like all of them, which I I grew up watching all movies too. But ones that like stuck out to you that really meant something to you
2: when i was a kid the films as a kid what really meant stuff to me um well texas chainsaw massacre that was a texas chainsaw massacre and exodus funny enough they were banned in england mm-hmm. um so right as a kid the whole thing of having a banned film when you're young was just the biggest thing ever so more than anything that meant like the world to, to you as a kid just to tell everybody you watched this banned film and it scared the fuck out of me uh-huh. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was actually the one of the first horror films that I can ever remember resonate and resonate in me as something that really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that you know, there's other films that mean a lot because you know, like I'm sat watching it with my dad. So Angels with Dirty Faces with James James Cagney, or movie. White Heat. I'm you know. I, they mean the world, because I remember sitting sitting as a kid watching it with my dad, mm-hmm. and then uh, my dad loved it, so I loved it. So there's stuff like that. Old cowboy films, I remember, like old John Wayne or Clint Eastwood films. I remember them, same reason, because, you know, as a kid. Or there's other films that, like, uh, funny enough, the Charles, what's the Charles Dickens film, uh? The Christmas, A Christmas Carol, the old black love, and white one, yeah. just because it always remembers. I love it. it rem- every Christmas I'd watch it, I'd stay up and watch it alone. I love that film. Um, mm. and then there's the films of the 80s when I was growing up, which were like fucking Gremlins and uh, The Labyrinth, Never Ending Story. Never Ending Story, we must have rented that from the video shop about ten times, me and my sister. Uh-huh. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the thirteenth, part one, all these films. No retreat, no surrender. Ah. Oh, all these films I can just remember. the karate kid. I remember as a kid watching the I, went, I started karate as a kid. I never I went to about eight lessons because of that.
0: Uh-huh.
2: That film. Uh yeah, fuck man. A million films I could just keep going on and on like 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 I say, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that's another one which me and my sister, we would have rented that film. So we should have just, somebody should have just bought us that film because oh, right, we watched right. it that many times. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, then the 80s horrors, sleepovers, like all the old Stephen Kings or the Night of the Living Dead, that zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I remember that being on, on a Sky, the Friday Night Horror they played that and I remember just sitting there going, fuck, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. Shining, The Shining, as a kid, that was something what my dad liked, oh, yeah, so yeah. I liked. And then yeah. Schindler's List, I watched it. My dad, I was too young, like I, I can't remember how old I was, about eleven when that came out. But he took us to the cinema to watch that film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking, but I love it. It's one of the great films. Oh, definitely. Um, th- my mum and my sister watched Dirty Dancing every Sunday, and <laughs> I, I love it. I love that too. film. When yeah. I look back at it. It's one of my favorites now. I, you know, it is. Fuck, not, Patrick Swayze. Plus, when I was a kid, I, I Jennifer Grey. I looked at her in Dating *Dance*, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> love her." <laughs> uh. And then there's uh, the '80s movies like *Splash*, *Big*, *Big* with Tom Hanks. I would have watched that a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, *The Goonies*. Yeah. Fuck. The, the love *The Goonies*. Um, and then all the horror films you know, there's the stepfather. Shocker! Um, it the original. It I I loved the first half of it. I was never keen on the second half, but the first half I always loved that film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, the Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I keep going on and, yeah. <laughs> and on. Back to the Futures. But... Yeah. The stuff. And then there was old, then there was other films mm-hmm. like uh, sorry. No i was longer? gonna say then there was other films that, as a kid. I grew up watching, but I love the actors in it. Like the old Paul Newman films or even James Dean films. I watched them thinking, fuck, I want to be a they, like, there was films that I loved for them being films. But then even as a kid, I remember films that I loved because I wanted to be that actor, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I
1: just want to uh, talk quick about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cause I do think that's one of the oh, best horror movies it. ever made. And it's, <laughs> A lot of things going on. I think it's so gritty; it almost seems like, uh, like you shouldn't be watching it. It's like a dirty movie. I don't mean like a like uh, sexy dirty movie, but it's like <laughs> you know something you shouldn't be seeing. It's almost like a like a, oh, it's a brilliant. documentary or something. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Uh, when yeah, I was a, I can, uh, Yeah, it's... I was say when I was a kid, I really liked the uh, you know Leatherface and the uh, and the Hitchhiker. But when I got older, I, I really hmm. think my favorite
2: character is the cook. See, my favourite character is uh, is the one who works at the slaughterhouse. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, the cook. Yeah, exactly. The one who, oh yeah, yeah the cook. Yeah, yeah he was I, always too. my favourite. I always found him the scariest I agree. because in the in the uh, yeah, like when he first cuts himself in the banner. Oh, I remember just thinking, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then it's like when they ah, ch- oh, yeah, I always found that, that he creeped me out so much as a kid, mm-hmm. and still does. I love that bit and. And it, it's the beginning of it all, just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a great like film, man. The voice great film. And, and there's, oh, there's so many little details. It's like at the very beginning with that the camera noise. Yeah, oh, it's like I the, love it. Do you know when it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like Meh, yeah. kind of thing. It's very yeah. It's just stop
2: yeah. pudding. Oh, it's great. And then, uh, and then uh, there's some real scenes in that film as a kid, like when uh. When, when they're trying to get the old person to hit, the, the, the grandparent to hit with a hammer. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid, that one sticking with me, that scene, mm-hmm. going, oh, Jesus. Yeah, he had to And, and just, the, just the idea of, of that house in the middle of nowhere, because everybody knew a house in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, fuck, it was freaky. I love it. I, the, still to this day, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favourite horror of all time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I love it. And and when you go and watch the behind the scenes of it, it's just like that house where they add all the real uh mm-hmm. real like uh gone off meat and stuff around. It looks yeah. it looks uh looks how it, it comes across on camera. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, like I think um uh Gunner who plays Le- uh, Leatherface, like uh he gets so because like, he's trying to cut the girl and for whatever reason like yeah. you know, the tube doesn't work and he like <laughs> actually cuts her. And it's like wow, that's just you know crazy to think you know someone actually do that, but
2: uh, it really yeah. adds to oh. the movie because there's such it's just such madness. Going and it's on. that that end scene of it when uh, when she's when she when she's trying to get away in the morning, and then she gets in, into that first thing, and then into the next. It's that to me, it's like and he's running down the road. That's just uh that's horror to me. That yeah. that's like when you look at an old horror, that's the one which you like fuck
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and uh, I, don't, uh, I like part 2 and, and stuff but uh, none of the other sequels really uh, came close
2: to the original no no the original you just can't you just can't beat that film you, that and and it's something about that look it looks old which makes it feel scarier mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
1: and you know yeah. people talk oh, about, I love it. people talk about scream queens stuff but Marilyn Burns in that, I think, really sells the horror because she really seems like oh, she's out of her just... mind, you know, screaming and and you know, such uh, such terror. yeah, looking yeah,
2: eye no, definitely yeah. Ah, oh, looks it just looks the whole whole thing of that just looks so fucked up, and and the whole thing is when she's looking after her brother in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes her slightly different to the other. The other victims in the fact that she's, you know, she's got this one person holding her back from yeah, so it's mm-hmm. it also, almost makes her stronger as a victim, you know. So it's yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, and and weirdly, there's I always thought there's a thing because I always think that the guy in the wheelchair is like unlikable, which. <laughs> which is a weird yeah. cuz he's the you should feel really sorry for this guy in a wheelchair and he's getting, but in a way he's like you kind of he's that... kind of like that's a guy I want to you know see go first cuz you know.
2: yeah 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 cuz yeah cuz he's cuz he's a dick, and he's winging and all that yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh that's a very yeah. annoying
1: guy.
2: <laughs> but then with? but then the whole bit when uh when he cuts himself the guy uh, the cook cuts himself in the van it's yeah. it's and then he stabs him in the leg, doesn't he? That's what happens, right? I haven't seen it for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I, yeah, that's oh,
1: great. Yeah, that's actually the, I'm sorry, it's that's the, the, the cook is the older guy. But uh, the guy that cuts himself, that's the, uh, I think they just call him the, the hitchhiker. But Ed Neal.
2: Yeah, good. okay, so he's my favorite, the hitchhiker. Oh, okay. The one who works at the slaughterhouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's, he's he's part of the family, so, yeah, like the yeah. son or what, right? yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I don't yeah. think you ever really know how they're all related, besides the grandpa in the first movie.
2: But um, I always think that's what's missing. In yeah, the, in the last in few. Head, in my head, he was always like the younger brother of. Yeah. Of. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think
1: I think they're really all brothers, but I'm not positive. But the uh, I always think that's what they overlook in the last few new ones is they really just focus on Leatherface, and you know he's cool and all, but I think what makes the yeah. first one so great. Is the whole family dynamic where it's not just one guy, you know? It's all of them, and they all kind of have their level
2: of, of craziness to them. <laughs> well, but, funny enough, that that's to me that's that's what hap- it's like. That same type of thing with uh, in a, in the a, Friday the Thirteenth Part One. Mm-hmm. It's scary to me. It's because it's a mum, and it, and it's like it's not. You know, there's that little bit of "oh, this could really happen" when she starts to do the young, the the voice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that scared me more than Jason ever scared me. Mm -hmm. As a kid, especially, like it it was that. Yeah, so it's that same type of thing. If if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of hereditary?
1: Oh, uh, you know what? I wasn't. I can't say it's a bad movie, but there was something about it I really couldn't get into it. And I know a lot of people really love it, yeah, but um i find I really kind of found it kind of boring and uh, mm. I, I definitely like like a lot of the visuals in the movie, and I think it's well made and, and well yeah. performed
2: but uh, i I don't know I just really couldn't get into it see i I really got into it I wasn't so crazy about the ending, yeah um but that was just that the the only reason why. And I, I'm I try not to give any spoilers because I'm sure a lot of people haven't watched it yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is I like the idea of it just being about you are gonna like originally I thought the film was gonna be right. It's hereditary, so you're gonna be you're somebody who died in your family or like your grandparents was a murderer, and then you you're gonna naturally be fucked up and or and turn that way because it's running into in your blood. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So I, I kind of that, I got sold on that idea. So when it was different to that, I, I I think I would have loved it if I if I wasn't already sold on that idea. Mm-hmm. But that said, uh, Tony Collette, she played the mum. I thought she was fucking amazing in that film.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and there was moments in it which was which I loved. There was certain moments that were just really fucked up and dark. Mm-hmm. that I thought, wow. And the way it was shot was beautiful and that. But yeah, so I was hit and miss. I loved it, but then there was parts which I didn't love. Yeah. I think the the end for me,
1: also, like yourself, I will try not to spoil <coughs> it, but I think there, like so much exposition right at the end, it was almost, I think, uh, you were kind of put in there to explain exactly what happened in case like the audience didn't understand. And uh, it kind of took away from the movie to me. When they, someone just kind of explains yeah. exactly what you saw.
2: Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, I'm I'm a dumb fuck, so part of that I didn't understand. I was sure. like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, and then after, then I went and, like, read up and cheated. And yeah. then I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I think it would have been better made for that was, the whole
2: end was kind of spread out more for the movie, for, for me anyway. Well, yeah, that, that's what I wanted. I, I didn't yeah i feel like that just came and then i was but then oh but then there was some scenes like that bit with uh tony collette in the loft mm-hmm. uh, and again i don't want to give any spoilers but that but i was like fuck mm-hmm. um and then there was yeah there were scenes that there were some great scenes in it like when she was stood next to the bed i thought wow this is like amazing mm-hmm so yeah like the acting in it i thought was just i thought she was just another level of just being brilliant in that role um yeah. i do agree. Yeah, everyone was, was good it and it's
1: well made so i kind of would like to give it a second chance uh i think
2: that's I've what i will it do, do. i
0: went
2: okay. and watched mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what i will do i'm, I'm gonna give it another watch and then a Especially now I understand it a bit more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes yeah. you can enjoy a, a movie that has like a weird ending like that. Because then you can watch again and kind of look for the clues. And uh, you know how people act and see if you can
2: pick mm. up on something that you didn't pick up the first time you watched it. No, definitely. Definitely. What do you recommend lately? Anything good? Mm. What I should watch? Um, you know what? I actually like The New Purge. Which I... I never really liked
1: the other Purge movies, but I, I liked this recent one, uh, mm. the first Purge. I thought it was
2: uh, definitely the best one. I have watched the, it. Uh... Uh, yeah, I've watched that. I've, mm-hmm. I've got to watch it. I like the first one, but I'm a massive Ethan Hawke fan. I really... Uh, yeah. yeah. So I pretty much like most stuff What he's in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah. this was the best one of them, but I, I liked it. Um, I don't know how new I would say it is, but I really liked um, The Devil's Candy. I think that's a... A great horror movie from the last few years.
2: I haven't watched that one. Got to watch it. Yeah, it's not watched good. that one. And um, I haven't watched the new Strangers yet. How was that? I haven't seen it either. Oddly enough. So. See, I love good... the first one. I love the first
1: one. Mm-hmm. They've uh some people I know Big are making of a documentary about
2: uh the guy who plays the main stranger, which I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, nice. nice. I tell you actually the first one with uh, what's her name jesus uh Avery Smith's daughter what's her name? let me look it
1: up here I'll cheat and look in i
2: m d b uh, yeah oh uh, Jesus uh I'll live Tyler come. yeah there's that one scene this is it, it, it's actually one of my favorite scenes in any horror film um is when that when they knock at the door if you watch her neck. And it's such a, like, oh, Jesus, it's such a small thing. But on her neck, it twinges at the knock. And I don't know, to me, it's like, fuck, that looks like real fear. So to me, that's, like, one of my favourite scenes out of any horror film. Just because of her acting in that one scene, I think it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you've got to go back and just watch that whole scene where, like, they knock at the door when he's out. And watch her neck, just watch her neck up. and like, uh, oh, it just looks like she's so, so really scared. That is, it's awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you mentioned. Uh, and I like the idea. I like, sorry, no, carry on.
1: No, you like the idea where about like, you don't really know who the strangers are. Is that what you like about yeah. the idea of the movie? Yeah, no, I love
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, love it. I love, uh, like when they say, why are you doing this? And then it's just because you was home. Ah, uh, I love it. Love it.
1: Because yeah. that's scary. It's kind of like the first Halloween real. is, you know, someone who yeah. is just kind of evil with no reason.
2: Yeah, see, that's the stuff that always freaks me out, man. That's like, if I'm alone in a big house, that's the shit what will what, play in my head. I'm like, fuck. Somebody could just come do this for no reason. Mm-hmm. Scares me. Don't like that. Yeah. That's the <laughs> shit What freaks me out in life. Yeah. You mentioned... I'm like a like... pussy, all shit freaks me out. <laughs> You mentioned
1: liking the original It. Did you see the new one?
2: The new uh, Halloween. Oh, no, the see? new It. Stephen King's It. Oh, loved it. Loved too. the new one. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I love a. Uh, but then, fuck, you know, like, I love a coming of age story as well. I I'm big into my old uh, coming of Like, I grew up watching Stand By Me, all of them. I, yeah, I can too. sit. That's still Years. a genre of yeah. film that I can. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Wonder Years is my all time favorite. I agree. It's favorite funny. show of uh, that and the Sopranos. I love it. Yeah, oh, um, another excellent. One. But the Wonder Years. Do you know the Wonder Years never released on a, what was it on DVD or, or yeah. the box set because of the music rights? Mm-hmm.
1: They finally put it on Netflix because yeah there was so much you know yeah it's, it's perfect music in every episode you know it really fits the uh, the emotions of, of, of the of the of the of this of the episode. And so, but that made it very ah, hard. it's great, to,
2: man! Yeah, and it would have really taken ah, away it from so... it if they took the music out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so. I loved the Wonder Years. I grew up. Do you know it was funny because when I, so when it first run, I was uh, I can't remember how old, but they used to play it every Sunday,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that was the one program that every week I had to watch. And uh, yeah, I think it was Sunday, Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Um. Sunday, pretty sure Sunday, but yeah. And I love it. Every episode, they did that same thing when when the voiceover goes, I never really realised it. Mm. But after this, life was never going to be the same again. Mm. And then they had some cool music. Mm. Oh, I loved it. And and right. just that little look of Kevin looking like contemplating like, oh, my God. Mm. But it was cool, man. Like, they went over, like, the first, uh, even in the first uh, pilot episode, they go over, like, uh, Winnie's brother dying in the Vietnam War. and. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved that uh that program. When when it first so many, aired, and... When it first aired, I watched it every mm. uh
1: every time it came on too. And I was the same age as Kevin yeah. was in the show on the first airing, which is yeah. always you know, pretty cool. Yeah, I think I would have been. What, what what year was you born? I was born in 76, so I think I'm a little older than you. But it might have Some, played Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I might 81, but mm-hmm. you played you might have a little played bit later. later in England, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah
1: probably. Yeah. But yeah, so I loved you, you're it. Man. watching it. Even though it's I a different it. era, it's like,
2: you know, you, when
1: you're watching it, you, some things are timeless. So it's like,
2: you know, you're you totally understand and going through the same thing at the same time when you're watching oh, it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But then we used to have in England, like, at, I remember around the Wonder Years time, we used to have a load of American programs, which I'm guessing would have been played a few years later. Like, we had Happy Days mm-hmm. um, every week. So I used to watch that. Used to have uh, Waltons on the Monday, on the Sunday morning <laughs> uh, that would always play. Quantum Leap, I fucking loved Quantum Leap. Oh my god! Like, did did you get into? You know, qu- I, you- I, I Yeah, never everybody, Sam Quantum, Beckett. Yeah, I've actually
1: never watched Quantum Leap. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> fuck, go back and treat yourself. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's like I I can't express how much I loved Quantum Leap. It was uh, yeah, that was uh unbelievable you got to go back and just watch the whole box set. Mm-hmm. i'm i'm hoping it is still carry i haven't watched it for years but fuck it was awesome mm-hmm. i'm surprised i've never redone quantum leap into yeah, a tv series or a, a film odd, yeah because
1: they've redone you know, pretty much everything
2: but, yeah but then it's like fuck how's it gonna work I, like when i watch it, i forgot the actor but quantum leaps him so yeah it's one of them for me mm-hmm. Do, do we fuck with it actually fuck it fuck with it hire me get me in there fuck with that let's get me in that one do the remake anybody out there Bosh. sort me out I'll be uh, I'll be the quantum league guy love it it right. works for me so I know
1: you mentioned Sopranos too yeah. that was uh, I really thought that oh. Sopranos ushered in like a whole new era of great uh, television on like cable and, and basic
2: cable so like I've watched every episode of The Sopranos about fuck, a million times, mm-hmm. and I still I still go to YouTube and just watch clips of The Sopranos. I love uh, James Gandolfini. It's funny when it's funny when people die who you don't know, but they still mm-hmm. upset you because you love them so much. Mm-hmm. And it, I think what's happened is I love The Sopranos and Tony Soprano and James Gandolfini's acting so much that every time I watch it, I still feel completely sad that he's dead. -hmm. Because I and I'm still so sad that that's over, Mm -hmm. and every time I watch it, and that's how like I think that's how fucked up I am, in like I'm a child in my head that I still have the emotions every time I watch it because I love it that much.
0: Yeah,
2: and I just can't put into words how much I love the Sopranos and every character, every story, and I I can still just put on any episode and just enjoy it as much as I ever did. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, even like the small characters, it's, you know, it's true, it's amazing, but even, yeah,
1: everybody in it, it's it's
2: so good. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, I love it, and uh, I can't wait, I I really want to see, well, see, it's funny, I can't wait, because it's part of the Sopranos franchise, so they're making that, what's that, Uh, what's the new Sopranos film being called, Mm -hmm. but it's from David yeah, right. it's going to be like a prequel um, about uh, like Uncle Junior and stuff. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Something uh, Queens? I forgot. But uh, yeah, so I can't wait to watch that. But that said, I'm so sad that James Gandolfini's not in it, even though yeah. he wouldn't have been because it's. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, but you know, and then always... it's a whole Christopher. Uh, yeah, uh, the many saints of Newark. I just looked it up. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I tell you a funny story mm-hmm. about uh, Richie Moore, which actually, yeah, you should have him on one time. He'll right. tell you. But if you ever look at his pictures, when I first met him, so when I first met him years and years and years ago, he was a very close old friend. He helped me a lot on sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I, I always had him on my phone as Christopher Montesanti. Because he looked like uh, the character Michael in and he sounded like him, really did look like him. And uh, I think on one of his first jobs, he uh, I don't want to tell his story because I'll tell it wrong, but he, he worked on a set where Michael in Leoli was and he got confused for him. He looked that much similar to him and talked so much similar to him. But yeah, so for about five, six years of knowing Richie, the director of Who's Watching Oliver i had i i had him on my phone as uh christopher montesanti <laughs> that's pretty awesome yeah, yeah. and uh he's amazing yeah well it's not just his look mm-hmm. not just his look his mannerisms and the way he spoke richie speaks very similar to christopher montesanti his accent was similar yeah it's funny it's uh yeah yeah it's a funny little mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah i grew up watching but, uh mafia movies I always uh it was a love oh, me too i love him oh, i still do i'm I, uh, any, any of the, obviously, Goodfellas, and Casino, and all them, but I love, fuck, most, I'm a, I'm a big gangster fan, I love mm-hmm, them, love them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like them in, uh, they're uh, doing, uh, in, uh
2: Goodfellas, ah, oh, Spider. yeah, yeah, love Goodfellas, yeah. but, yeah, <laughs> amazing, I, and then there's other ones, I, even some of the not so good, uh, gangster films I still love, what's, uh, Ah, oh, fuck, what's it? Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I like, uh, what's his name in that? He was in uh, Godfather 3, I forgot his name. I, I wish he had done more gangster films. Um, Yeah, a lot of great. And then, uh, what was the film with uh, Tim Roth where he played Dutch Holtz? Love hmm. that film.
1: Yeah, what is that? Is it, um. Damn, oh, I can't think of I can't it
2: kind of want to look it up but yeah i like yeah yeah and then uh yeah i love gangster films english gangster films i think last time i was on i mentioned to you uh you gotta watch gangster number one
0: Hmm, with paul bettany
2: unbelievable anybody who hasn't watched that go and watch that it's fucking awesome paul bettany plays the best gangster ever he's such an evil cunt it's such an evil guy in that film yeah sorry did you ever watch the show peaky blinders Love it, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Love it. So uh, C- Cillian Murphy in that film is fucking yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he's, in that TV series, unbelievable. Yeah. Love him. I tell you another one, which actually it it, it it hasn't got um had as much viewing as it should have.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody out there, go and watch Love Hate. It's an Irish gangster show, and it has that whole Sopranos thing going, where it's like over family, over different series. Mm-hmm. Fucking unbelievable like it's takes an episode or two to get into it but then once you see like the niji character um and it is really it's like the only irish tv show that i've ever really sat down and and loved mm-hmm. but uh love hate unbelievable gangster tv show brilliant when when was that from? Show. What, like what years uh, not so recent? long ago we're going okay. back about 5 years All yeah right. 5 i'd say 5 years ago and then i think that had four four series mm-hmm. but great really 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 fucking good good uh good story yeah well no another tv show that i said uh sorry uh, last time it's not gangster but i said to you last time i think uh to watch this is england the shane meadows tv well the film followed by the whole tv show that's another one of my all-time favorites unbelievable acting and story unbelievable
1: I'll have To try to find these, yeah, what I was saying uh two years ago, I was sick and I was in the the hospital for a while and and then rehab and then back Shit, to the what was up uh I had diverticulitis, which is um up. you get things in your colon and uh Shit, well, real up. quick is it's a long story, but I'll, I'll try to make it quick is um, so I had pain in my side, I went to the the emergency room and they said I had diverticulitis. Yeah. They sent me back home without any pain medication or anything. Uh, just some um, pills to get rid of the infection. Uh,
2: two hey, days... brother, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You've gone. Uh-oh. You've gone right off. All oh, right. you're back. You're back. Oh, okay.
1: Let me just write down the time here. Uh, so so uh, two days later, I go back to the hospital because uh, then I just was... I couldn't, like, stand up. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't do anything. And... uh mm. They took me right in and uh, performed emergency surgery on me because my colon had perforated. And so they had to remove 14 oh. inches of my colon because my body was uh, filling up with toxins and Shit, I was dying. Man. And uh, so actually, it was a really bad time. I had a colostomy bag for, for months. Oh. And uh, it was just an awful experience. But while I was in the hospital, I, uh, I didn't have much to do. And so I, I was—I uh, binge watched the whole series of uh, Peaky Blinders, you know, up until uh, yeah. I think it was the first three uh, seasons at the time. It was a great, well, great show. But I'm doing better now, so yeah, you don't have to worry about it. I have a lot of scars. You you're good now, but, are you? Yeah, I've got a lot of scars, but uh, but I, uh, but I feel fine.
2: Mate, don't worry about scars. What is uh, it? What did they say in The Simpsons years ago? Chicks dig scars, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fuck that. Don't worry about scars. Just mm-hmm. as long as you're all right inside. Yeah. Jesus, that yeah. sounds uh, terrible. Terrible time.
1: Yeah, it's a longer story, but it was it was not a good experience. I laugh about it now, but it was, uh, it was very terrible at the time.
2: Ah, uh, like I've had a lot of family have had uh, issues, health issues, and all that. Luckily, I haven't because I'm a pussy, man. I'm a uh-huh. pussy with being ill. Even if i have a cold or what, I turn into a baby. So, yeah, I don't know how I deal with if I really got ill. So whenever I hear about people who have been seriously ill, I'm, in my head I'm like, fuck, poor you. Like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was a long experience. But you're doing a, better now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's two years ago and uh, doing a lot better. I feel totally fine. But it, it was, uh, I can't eat certain things. I can't eat nuts. I can't eat seeds. I can't eat popcorn. I can't eat corn, but uh, besides Adam, mm. I can do without. Yeah, I I do miss the popcorn when I'm at the theater, though, and you smell the popcorn with the butter on, but uh, but I know I can't eat it. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miss it? No, I, uh, I'm i trying not to eat popcorn because I just yeah I'm a greedy bastard. If I I just eat loads, so yeah, but yeah. love it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, the director you mentioned a couple times, Richie um did you know him yeah. before you guys did the movie
2: very close yeah we were like yeah uh, close friends really close friends uh i met him uh trying to think when i'm guessing like 10 11 12 years ago i met him on uh, when i was doing the stand-in um yeah it was a long long time ago or before that probably before that when i was first around thailand uh but met him on set. Super kind to me. Super nice back in the day. Um, like that. But well, this is the whole thing. When you when I was doing the standing, like not only was I learning a lot, so I always appreciate that. I appreciate because I got to be on set around great actors. But that that you know you always remember the people who were kind to you. You always remember that actor, that director, that that uh, I like Richie, the camera guy, somebody being super nice to you because you're at the bottom and when you're at the bottom it sucks you're, you know it sucks you're you're at the bottom and that that, that was the thing with richie he was super kind to me on set he'd teach me about uh how to work with the light or teach me the lens on the camera so like as an actor if you know what lens you are say if, if it's on a 20 i know that everything's in shot so you know it's just you don't have to ask this stuff or when you know if, if the lens on like a real high lens you know you've got hardly any movement mm-hmm. so all this type of shit learning it early it helped me no end also like with him being the cameraman he, he taught me how to look at through the lens not like because so for three four five films of like, like two three months when I was doing the stand that's what I was working on I was working on how to look as close to the camera as I could without looking at the camera and it was all this stuff which I'm grateful for Richie for that stuff back in the day because he was kind to me. Same like Chris Lowenstein. Chris Lowenstein owned Living Films in Thailand, him and uh, Oliver. Uh, so these guys, are, I'm always grateful to these guys because, fuck man, I, I at that point I hadn't done acting class. I just rocked up in Thailand on a holiday. All of a sudden I found out these guys are doing film. Next thing I know, I'm on set. And uh, I always appreciate that. I always appreciate that time. I appreciate all the Thai. This is the one thing with the Thai guys. Um, like the crew. I love them to pieces because these are the guys who taught me my craft. Without them being nice to me, and they didn't have to be, you know. You remember that shit. And same with other actors. Like uh, I did in for James vanderbeek fuck this guy was so nice to me back in the day i haven't spoken for years but mm-hmm. for, for like months after he'd sent me like i i remember looking back at emails and he'd sent me t- tips on acting over email and i was just doing the standing um bradley cooper there's a reason this motherfucker's done so well not only because of his talent because he's a lovely guy um and there's a lot of these guys that you know they're there because they're fucking cool, and, and they deserve to be there. They're, they're humble, and they help help you out, and they don't even realise they've done you. It's like working when I did uh, On Shanghai. I was doing the standing, and then... So I'm watching John Cusack. Okay, I, you know, he's not my mate. I didn't know the dude. He, but the fact was, I'm in a room watching this guy act, and I'm learning off him, and he's letting me learn off him. So I always appreciate that stuff, and a lot of the guys... Back then I remember them. The ones like fuck, fuck Neil McDonough um playing bison. I just remember this guy being a lovely guy giving you tips. Chow young fat. Fuck I remember this dude on uh, on Shanghai. He turned up to set and then like he he could have walked through his shop but because he could see I was a standing, he wanted he said, No, you do it. And then he sat and watched and uh he said, Do it real, like do it real. Sat and watched me do it, and then came and gave me critique on it before he shot his scene. And I always think, "Fuck, man, that's a cool thing to do. What a what a cool dude." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people were just super fucking nice to me. Um, and you know, they the, when you're at the bottom, they're are the, the people what what keep you going. You know what I mean? They're the ones what make you think like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. all this is happening for a reason." In in your you know in your own world, like these. Oh, these motherfuckers five like five minutes ago. I'm working behind a bar, struggling to pay my fucking rent. Now, now I'm sat next to uh, fucking Michael Clark Duncan or Neil McDonagh or one of these guys, and you're watching them do their craft. And like this this guy, I'd watched him on The Green Mile. He was one of my favorite actors. Now I'm talking to him,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and inside, like inside, I'm going nuts. I'm like fucking hell this dude he, i've seen him on the screen and now he now he's given me a tip and he's like telling me a tip on how not to be nervous and shit like that and stuff like that when you're coming up that's the stuff what matters not like not matters but you know what i mean it, it helps it's same like Joel Swaddon, i mentioned about working with him uh, on cam to cam just him being so nice to me and kind to me because i was so, so nervous on set Oh, like my heartbeat must have been racing, and and the problem with being an actor when you're nervous is this is a thing which you come to learn is nerves. Forget, you know, they're good to the degree of blah blah blah, but you can't be yourself if you're nervous. You just it's it's so hard to to act. How how you know if you if your heart is racing and your mind's about to fucking pass out because you're that scared, mm-hmm. you know how can you have a serious conversation and calm yourself down
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then it's around the people you're around like joel uh, and raymond this is when i you know first i'd work with I, yeah no i've worked with raymond on dragon wolf briefly for a date but cam to cam was the first film that i worked with him properly but without these guys calming you down and and saying yeah you're all right mate don't worry you're nervous as fuck but yeah it's it's cool and and being super nice to you and helping you, well then you don't progress in your career because you wouldn't have got past that that hurdle. Mm-hmm. And you need that to be able to walk in like now, like you to walk into an audition or to walk into something. It, it's the fact that I've done it enough times now that it's starting to get comfortable, so I can calm myself down and I can be the character. But it, all these guys helped me in the past as got me to this position if it makes sense it's hard Mm -hmm. to explain what i mean but it's the stuff you remember it's like all the people who was kind to you Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah definitely But then that's that's also the rule of this is this is also a rule to any new actor coming because i've seen it so many times on different sets a lot of new actors have come on and they'd be a fucking cunt Sorry to swear, they're being absolute no, cunt fine. of a person, uh-huh. but but they they don't mean to be. What's happening is they're they're so nervous, they're so scared that they're then they're they're letting their fucking the, I forgot what you call it. Their their persona. They're trying to cover their nerves by being a fucking dickhead, mm-hmm. and by being a fucking dickhead, they're making everybody dislike them. So they're not going to work with them again. And but you see it a lot. You see it a lot with new actors, not. I never see it with actors who who became something because they've lost their ego. Their ego's gone. Mm -hmm. Like, when I'm talking to Bradley Cooper and that, I'm looking at him, and this motherfucker's the coolest dude ever. He's walking around, he's saying hello to everybody, not because he has to, not because he's being fake, because he's he's generally generally that fucking secure with himself. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm so comfortable with being who I am that I've just got love for everybody here. And You're looking at him and you're like, This is a cool motherfucker, this guy's cool. But the new guys, they're not cool because they're so nervous about what's going on and they're trying to prove themselves and they're trying to prove they're good. So, like, somebody will say to them, Are you nervous? No, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm amazing. And, and you're over projecting who you are because actors are fucked up, actors are fucked up. You actors want. Like, I did for fucking years. I want somebody to say, yeah, you, you're all right, mate. You heard me earlier. I'm like, those reviews. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to say, yeah, you're doing all right. Yeah. And then once you start to hear that, then you can start relaxing and be yourself. And that, but it's fucking hard to break through that little bit of nerves of, of fuck, am I, am I okay at this? Oh, I'm not. I'm shit, so I better make out I'm okay. By doing this, I'm being an asshole without realizing and I'm off putting everybody And It's hard, man. It, that That's the thing which... But then luckily, like being around the stand-ins jobs so much. And and plus, and it's funny, like when I look back at it, I did a million fucking extra jobs, a million. But I never told people because it was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to know I'm being an extra. But fuck, like all those. When I look back now, it's silly. It's silly to think that. Like, I don't give a fuck. It's great. I'm on set. I'm earning money. You're learning. You're around it. But if you go back, even three, four years ago, you, like I'm trying to keep that shit quiet. And it, it's so silly, the, the mindset, what you go through as an actor. And a lot of them do, and you know, most people don't admit it. It's only because I admit it now because i realize realised, fuck, what an idiot I've been in the past. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all the time when I did spend on set, all the like thousands, not thousands, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times as an extra or as a stand-in, or as a one-line guy, or as a guy... And you're around all these guys that they want it too. So there's a lot of bitterness around these these guys because everybody wants to be the guy. Everybody wants to be the main actor. Everybody wants to be that guy. And then, you know, it, it's hard to explain, but it's only once you start to get some of the jobs, you start to realise that you can only actually perform in being yourself when you drop the bullshit. And you drop all the bullshit it's it's your own mental battle you're going through that's what you're constantly going through as an actor is your mental battle of like keeping your ego in check. the amount of like luckily not luckily luckily it sucks, but throughout my career, I've had most of the stuff I've done hasn't been well received it's been so it's been a pretty quick kick in the nuts and right. This is where you're at. Don't get ahead of your ego at all, you know. So mm-hmm. it's taught me not to, not to fucking ever take anything for granted. This is why right now, with the great reviews, with the film doing it, I'm still pinching myself because I'm like, fucking hell, please, this could all go bad any minute. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And and that's, I've gone right off on this whole tangent, but yeah, I no, don't even know the think, point I what just, I was making. But
1: well, along yeah. those lines, I was wondering, do you think <laughs> if you would have. Uh, uh, made this movie and had good reviews like if that would have been your first movie uh, when you first got an acting when you were a younger guy uh, do you think that would have affected you differently do you think you it could have uh, probably given you like, probably a yeah
2: probably and I'm getting older mm-hmm. I mean fuck I look at my <clears throat> sorry coffin I look at myself in my 20s forget my early teens I was a fucking dickhead ah uh, I look back at I, I, I look back at a million conversations I had with people and I, and it makes me cringe inside my stomach because I was a fucking arsehole. And, like, it's a, so probably if this had done well 10 years ago and I'd made this one Goodnight Glory, when I look back at Goodnight Glory, I was a fucking dickhead then. I didn't, like, that's the one thing with Goodnight Glory. This has also been a good lesson on pushing this film, like why I'm never stopping pushing it because it's my duty. Good night, Gloria. I I didn't push it. Shame on me. Shame on me. That was my film. Shame on me for not standing by my film and not pushing it. What a fucking asshole I was. You know what I mean? And, and it's a lesson you learn through your career. And but it's good in the way that it keeps your ego in check. It makes you realise that you know that a lot of this is bollocks, and and just fucking don't don't get ahead of yourself because like right now. It's great. This film's doing great. But I still don't have another job lined up. That's a, that's the a truth of it. We can all give the bollocks and we can give the bullshit. And like, yeah, this film's doing great. Fuck, man. I still, I'm still i still struggling to pay rent. I still haven't got another movie lined up. So it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. great. I love it. And, and it feels good inside. Yeah. But until I book another gig, it's, it's like, fuck. Let, let's not get ahead of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, along those lines what yeah. kind of movie would
1: you like to do would you like to continue doing horror movies or does it not matter to you
2: what you what genre movie you do um the genre doesn't matter the character does i want to yeah. like i want to do parts which are good well written mm-hmm. and that that's a luxury in this business that's a luxury because let, let's put it straight if, if I'm I'm an actor and I'm I'm not fucking secure secured myself financially, so what comes if 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 a few offers come I'm gonna take it. That's a fact. I've got to I've got to eat. I've got to fucking I've got to live. But if many op- offers come, fuck. Of course, I want to want to pick something that that's gritty and, and drama and thrilling and deep and dark. But we'll see what comes my way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like. Uh, I'm still uh still still struggling to to book some films. Mm-hmm. But uh I'm hoping I'm hoping this is going to help it. I'm fingers crossed and all that. Um but yeah no, for the next film there's a million different roles I'd like to play, but I like play I do like playing darker characters. Mm-hmm. Um there's something that really I uh I get a buzz off playing playing these characters. I, I enjoy it. I like getting into their skin doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a horror it could be a thriller or a gangster or whatever but I do like, mm-hmm. I, I really do enjoy going uh playing a darker role a yeah. darker character but uh, fuck knows man, I'd, uh, I'm lucky man, and it, it's one of those jobs you're lucky to book something so if I booked another horror and it's a good one fuck I'd be over the moon mm-hmm. uh, but, how, uh, yeah, how about uh, writing
1: would, 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 you, uh, would you be into writing another script or co-writing? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, and I've got a lot of scripts which are partly finished and, and so on. The one problem with it is that it's such a long process. That I, I do need to book some. I need to book some acting gigs to mm-hmm. to allow me to to do that. Because you know, you got to fucking live. You got to eat. You got to earn some money. You got to fucking put yourself in a comfortable position because it, it's a long process, man. Like two and a half years. If you if you work out like two and a half years, if you write and something to when it's actually being released. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go and book a job, you, you you get that job. You can live off it for a bit. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I'm I, I'm I'm always gonna want to write. I guess I I enjoy it. Um, I've got a lot of stuff which, a lot of unfinished work, which I've got to uh, get done with the writing. But um, yeah, fingers crossed, man.
1: Uh, I noticed on Amazon that it lists uh, "Who's Watching Oliver" as uh, a comedy drama horror. Uh, do you agree with the uh, with the comedy part? <laughs>
2: if it sells, yes. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> like yeah, on Amazon, yeah, I saw on Amazon we're in the documentary department, comedy. Fuck uh, it, man. If <laughs> if it sells, yeah, I'll go for any of that. But uh, there, there's some look, listen, there's some light-hearted moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah there is uh, is it a comedy no not at all is it it's it's a yeah. dark fucking story but uh, in life you have some light hearted moments so I guess like when, when I'm in the mirror uh, practicing how to speak to Sophia or there's some funny bits
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah but they were never played as funny it just works out they ended up funny like if when I played it like and this is down to Richie and Ray they obviously saw that as funny I didn't they like, do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. never played it as comedy. Mm-hmm. I played it as, right, we're doing this same play it as Oliver. So I just did that. And that was uh, Richie and Ray directing. I never even seen, you know what I mean? It was almost as in uh, when I watched it, I didn't even know those scenes were there. Mm-hmm. And then when it's funny, it's like, oh shit, that came across like that. They never told me that. I never knew. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Even when we wrote it, it, like we wrote it together, that was that. But then once we went to directing, Richie and Ray. You know they took over and they done their thing. Mm-hmm. Fair play to that. You know what I mean? They. So yeah, it's, it's nice mm. in that aspect. Um, is your father still alive? I just. Wondering. I love it. I love it. As, I love it. As as sorry, I love it. As we're speaking now, my whole head is like, fuck. I'm trying to think what because I went a bit honest on everything there. So now I'm thinking back. Did I just say anything I shouldn't have said? <laughs> yeah. So fuck no. it. <laughs> uh, i have kind of been like. <laughs> talking to you but my whole mind's just going back and walk. what what did i just go into on my whole little uh, off topic uh-huh. subject about life and acting and all that i'm like i'm filtering filtering myself now in my brain going what the fuck did i just say uh-huh. hmm. yeah i thought it was interesting so. <laughs> but
1: uh, uh is yeah. your father still alive
2: yes yes love him love him uh, to pieces because uh, yeah. has he
1: seen uh, who's watching oliver since so you know he's like the guy that got you into watching movies
2: uh, yeah he watched it yeah uh, not his, his cup of tea but oh, okay. he, he's supportive so. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah funny enough it's funny enough I think uh, you know but they're not really into horror my family yeah. ain't into horror so much but uh, but no everybody was cool everybody was really cool and uh, funny enough my gran uh, she's still alive my gran she loves horror so she'd probably dig uh, she'd dig Oliver. No, oh, very cool. <laughs> that's funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandmother yeah. turns
1: ninety four this <laughs> <on a> Saturday.
2: <laughs> Does she? yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. My uh, my grandma's eighty. I think she, yeah, eighty. Fuck eighty. She was eighty about three three weeks ago. It was amazing though. It's like one of the first times the whole family had been. Well, not the whole. A lot of them weren't there, but a lot of us had been together for about five five years. It was ah, oh, what a what a day. Loved oh, it. Very cool. It was Happy great. Birthday. Yeah, thanks. But my granddad and all that, man, they're religious, so yeah, I'd I i I'm, let's avoid avoid them watching who's watching Oliver. Sure, sure I get it. But yeah. So what? Uh, so just then when I swore, no. I was like, oh granddad, Jesus, but not swear. <laughs> yeah, we'll say Jesus. No oh. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> I fucking hope not. <laughs> yeah. No one listens
1: to this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But the, uh, <laughs> I, I grew up watching movies with my uh, mom. That's who really got me into watching horror movies and movies in general. Yeah.
2: No, that's cool. It's nice. My dad used to watch a lot of the gangster films and a lot of the cowboy films. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch them. And then, oh, but then, no, no. And then, fuck, what am I talking about? No, he, he liked horror. That's Cause then, uh, we Because he used to make a big thing out of horror. Yes. So we'd go over and stay with him. And then we'd watch a horror, and then he would take me and my sister, like uh, there's two years difference with me and my sister. Mm-hmm. So he would take us for a drive after telling ghost stories in the car. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. I remember like, uh, yeah, I remember back then he was doing taxi driving at one point, so uh, oh, nice. we'd, we'd watch a, a film. What one was it like? I think it was a Stepfather films. Do you remember mm-hmm. those films yeah. with, with the whistling guy? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I remember watching that, and then him taking us out for a drive at like midnight in the in the car, and we were really young. And then telling us the whole story of when he drives through this uh, tunnel, what we're about to approach. You can't look in the mirror, or somebody sat next to him. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. But well. I tell you something fucked up. with that? What he used to do. So if I'd been bad. So mm-hmm. if I like, if I was uh, in trouble, or what. Mm -hmm. And see, the whole thing with my dad's punishments was if ever he gave us a punishment, he'd stick by it. There was no going around it. No talking your way out of it. This is it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my mum was different. She'd go nuts or, or you know, but that was different. Anyway, with my dad. So, but he'd let me watch the beginning of a horror film. And then he'd know it. And I, so I'm thinking, right, can I watch it all? But... Little did I know, his punishment had said, you're going to bed at 9 o'clock no matter what. So we're like watching this horror. Watch all the bad shit, all the scary shit. And then he'd send me to bed, the motherfucker. <laughs> Shouldn't say motherfucker, <laughs> that's my dad. But uh. yeah. But he, so he'd send me to bed. And I'd be like 12 or 10, 11, 12, have to go upstairs alone, while my sister and them watching the rest of the horror, I'm, I'm upstairs shitting myself now. <laughs> And then it, it take, like, literally didn't get to see the end of the horror where it all the good shit and the, you know, when it was there. Because it, cause that was my punishment. So, yeah. Funny. I haven't thought about that for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder why I'm fucked up. <laughs> and why I'm such a pussy and scared of everything.
1: Uh, uh. So,
2: what movies, uh, do any movies still scare you? Um. What movies scare me now? uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre still scares me. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Strangers, that scares Mm -hmm. me still. Um, And that's just a new one. Even Conjuring scared me, man. I thought The Conjuring Part 1, not the first 15 minutes. I thought the first 15 minutes was bollocks. Mm -hmm. And then it suddenly went really good. But I find that scary. Um, There was a film called The Eyes of Laura Mars. I love that film. Mm -hmm. uh, Have you ever seen that film? Um, that sounds familiar. It was a uh, where she was a psychic, and then she would see through the eyes of the killer.
1: Hmm. No, I don't that, think did. That scared did see
2: that me. One, um, what, what other films scared me? Friday the Thirteenth Part One. I guess if I watched that, that'd still freak me out a bit, just because I had the memories of being scared. But then there was other films that scared. There was films that I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. Mm-hmm that always scared us until we watched it, and then it was bollocks. But we never watched, me and my sister, we always wanted to watch uh, Grandmother's House.
1: Okay. And we
2: were never allowed to watch it. But it was the back of the cover Mm -hmm. where they're hid under a bridge Why this woman, scary woman's on top. That would scare the fuck out of me as a kid. Uh And God knows why we never was allowed to watch it, because it was never scary. But that was, like... (laughs) Then we'd watch like exist all this, but this stupid film which was never scary, so yeah, stuff like that, but still scary. Um, I like I love The shining, I find that creeps me out. Oh, mm-hmm. that that'd be a role, something like that, I'd love to play. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, what other films? Oh, the fuck, what's that film that still freaks me out a bit. It's an old black and white, um, Hill House. What's the film on Hill House? Oh, Hell House, yeah, The Legend uh, of Hell House. Yeah, Hill House. It's like an old black and white film,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, where where this guy invites them all to come up for the weekend.
0: Yeah,
2: and there's one bit in the garden where where he's driving in the garden near the end, and somebody woman steps out in front of the car. That still scares me. Um, what a real stuff scares me. Anything what could really happen that scares me. Uh, a, a film shutter, the Thai version. I guess that'd scare me still. That was scary as fuck. Uh, what about you? What films scare you?
1: Um, what scares me? Uh, when I was a kid, the, do you know the movie Magic with um? Oh man, the uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter actor. Uh, what's his name? Who plays Hannibal Lecter? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And it's uh I love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah,
1: so it's a older movie of his where where he's got a um he's got a man. Jacob's ladder? No, it's uh it's a movie called Magic. And it's so he's seen a,
2: that. I love Anthony
1: Hopkins. Yeah, and just the um the trailer and it's only like ten seconds long, always freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. And it was just the, uh, the the dummy there and he's like saying yeah. this little poem.
2: Uh but yeah, no, I love him. Anthony Hopkins is one of my favorites. Yeah so the, actors wise definitely
1: so this is a trailer with the dummy the trailer for magic always freaked me out because there's like a, a mannequin a dummy a, a ventriloquist puppet oh. and uh love he it. says this little poem and then at the end it's just like and you're dead and it just always really freaked oh, me. i'm out. gonna have
2: to watch that i'm okay. gonna watch that film yeah so that one definitely i love me. It. anthony hopkins i i love him i think he's uh funny enough and I love him in in Silence of the Lambs and all that. But my favorite film in with him in is uh Meet Joe Black. Oh yeah. That's a um, good movie. Just acting wise, I think he's unbelievable in that film. hmm
1: And um when I was a kid, the um oh it's uh Stephen King uh, vampire movie. Sealem's lot. It uh the image has always scared me uh, and my brother had uh my my brother's older and he'd have the Fangoria magazines and Famous Monsters. And they'd always show images from, uh, from that movie. And it would always freak me
2: out. Like the little kids. Yeah, do in the you window. know, right. I'm going to say this on it, actually. Fuck it. I wasn't going to, but I will. <laughs> Fangoria. Yes, Fangoria, you. I've been a fan of yours since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You were the magazine that meant the most to me. Like, as a kid... They were the, the magazines that everybody and I've told them that a million times, messaged them. Please review Oliver. Mm-hmm. You're you're the one you're the one horror site left which uh haven't reviewed us yet and we keep reaching out to you, please review us, it means a lot to me. I was a massive fan of yours. Fangoria the magazine, we, we grew up with you. We, you. you were our guy. Be our guy back. So anybody listening, please tell Fangoria to be kind to her who's watching Oliver. Tell him to tell him to give us some love. Yeah. Give us a little bit of, you know, come and watch us, man. We're not that bad. Mm-hmm. We, we we keep expressing to you, Fangoria, that we love you. We're fans of yours. We we want to, you know. So it'd mean a lot. Do, do you know, funny enough, <coughs> I've they they're probably not doing anything on us because I'm bothering the fuck out of them. I keep doing it. <laughs> but it's one of those, do you know one of those, like, magazines that mean something to you because of nostalgia? Right. More than anything, it, it, that's it. It's it's Fangoria, it's nostalgic, it's like you're the one I remember. Come on, please put us in there. Just do just watch us, please. Mm-hmm. And and it's been about a year and it's been about a year and a half now. I've been back and forward over every every few months I try again. Now they're gonna review us and hate us because I've said <laughs> this, so I probably shouldn't, but fuck it. Fangoria, we love you. Me, Raymond Huber, Richie Moore, we fucking love you, man. Mm-hmm. You, you, you were the one. You were the nostalgic one. Put us in there. Come on, man. Put us in. Yeah. This is. I, I've gone public. At least put us in. Neil, Neil, please tell him. I tell will him agree. I will. I there, will you.
1: tell Fangori. I don't, I'm <laughs> very
2: surprised. I grew up reading Fangori myself, and yeah, just uh, oh, fucking fucking Do you know what? They're busy. Film. I get it. They're busy and all that. But mm-hmm. come on, man. Please. It, this is this is a, a a favor to favor. I grew up with you, man. I grew up. You were the one. You. Do you know? There's magazines that I wasn't allowed as a kid. Do you know, like, there was those comic book magazines which had swearing in, Mm -hmm. or the horror magazines. That was one of them. And it's like, fuck, come on, just get us in there. Oh. (laughs) Shouldn't have said that, but fuck it. I'm going to get in trouble now for saying that. But, yeah. That's fine,
1: that's fine. You mentioned earlier about Texas Chainsaw Massacre being, uh, you know, banned in the country. And I watched recently a documentary about the... um, Oh, I forget the term in in England there. The uh what's the term for the movies they couldn't show, the the horror movies. But it's uh it was a great documentary.
2: Um not sure, but yeah. Oh. no, the video nasties. Yes, yeah, when, the video when I was video nasties. Yes. Yes. So back when I was younger in England, by the way, a lot of American films didn't get through to England. They were banned. Mm-hmm. Like Exodus, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Faces of Death, they were all banned um so once you got them once when you got a copy of that which like you I remember my dad bought a a copy of it out of the uh, like local paper mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like the free ad paper and uh oh my god they were it was like just having the the best thing you could ever have in is having one of those band movies and like i'd tell everybody i remember at school telling everybody that i'd walk watched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and because and I'm a kid it's like yeah it's banned I had that <laughs> what yeah oh, we we know people we know people we got this sorted we know people and it was like oh fuck it just just having that thing banned it meant so much more to me as a kid do you know what I mean it was mm-hmm. like that's a film what you just shouldn't watch yeah. oh, I loved it loved yeah. it
1: and there's something to that because, you know, today you can watch anything anywhere all over the Internet. Yeah. But there's something, not even if it's, you know, banned is cool, but <laughs> even the idea of, you know, you had to go down and rent it at the video store seemed more special.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, without doubt. I still, I keep, do you know what? It's so funny. I always bring this up, how much I miss VHS and going to the video shop. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really like, there's n- I don't think there's many pleasures in life as I ever got to go into a video shop and spending an hour or two hours picking the films, what you was going to take back with you. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just can't explain that to people of this generation, how much pleasure you would get out of that. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, even, I can't explain how much m- pleasure of walking into a video shop when I had no money, Because, like, I I guess you were the same as me. On Friday night, that was a treat. You would get a video release. Like, you were allowed to rent a video. So, all week, I'd be in, like, the video shop just for, like, half an hour to try and, like, think about it and read in the back of the video covers. And I'd read the back of every one. And it was, ah I'd buzzed off it so much. And then you get there. And it's a Friday. You've made your decision. And the video behind the video is missing. And that means it's out. (laughs) Uh Fuck you go through all all that all this drama all this like this pursuit and then the videotape behind that because that's that's how they used to do it didn't they they used to have the video and then they'd have a video case behind what would tell you if it was still available Mm -hmm. Uh. yeah i miss those days
1: the first video store we had curtis mathis and uh They did a system where you had to tell them the number you wanted, so each video had a number. So you'd get up in line and have a list of numbers, and you wouldn't know because they didn't have the video there, so you wouldn't know if it was out or not. So you'd have to go up and stand in line and then give them, like, your numbers, and then they'd tell you if they were in stock. And it was
2: uh, was was a big Um, hustle. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember the first video shop. it's not Blockbuster, but, like, they had loads of, like, homegrown video shots.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, as a kid, those were the ones. You try and go with your friends because they'd always have that back room full of porn <laughs> right. where you could rent porn. Uh-huh. And they'd, they'd have like that. They would uh, And they'd all have like that fucking curtain coming down with, uh, uh-huh. like the tassels coming down What you and like the little dark room. And that'd be the thing to try and sneak into there as a kid to get a look before you got kicked <laughs> out of the shop. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So- the one movie yeah, I always that's wanted that's to rent as a funny. kid, and for some reason the, the store didn't have it for a long time, was uh, Motel Hell, because I would see the pictures in the magazine of uh, the guy with yeah. the pig head on and, and the chainsaw, and would be like, oh my God, i got to see this movie. Yeah yeah, 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 So it was a,
2: a long time before I got to see man, it. Fuck, <laughs> man. That was the other thing. As, as a kid, it was the covers, man. Like, those 80s covers were fucking amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I like... Yeah, I like... That was the thing. I always used to rent DVDs, not DVDs, VHSs from the cover.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was the covers, man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm trying to think back to some of the ones which I just loved. Even Shocker. I remember Shocker having a real good cover. Mm-hmm. Um, what other ones had? And the, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street with the bus on it. I love that cover.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that one's very cool. I was like... Jules was on... Was it? Sorry, carry on.
1: Say, I, always really I was going to say Joe was on.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And then there was other covers like obviously, uh, everybody, well, a lot of people always bring up Henry portrait of a serial killer with Oliver, mm-hmm. um, which originally was kind of the idea, which I had. It was like, like I said on the last podcast, mm-hmm. originally my idea for Oliver was more of to have him more as like that. Henry portrait of a serial killer type of character, and it was Raymond who had actually uh, said more of a Marty McFly meets Forrest Gump, and then we really go darker with his psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I always remember that front cover of uh, his VHS was kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just like his... And there was was other ones. There was... Yeah, something like that. And what was it? There was a Jodie Foster cover, which was... That film creeped me out as a kid, actually. The little girl who lived down the lane. Yeah, I always remember, I remember that one that. being a creep. Yeah. They used to show yeah. it
1: a lot on my, like, some cable channel when I was real little, like, would come on a lot. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. In and years,
2: Paper so. House. Mm hmm. Paper House was a horror. That one had a cool cover. I remember that one being kind of cool. Yeah. I always loved and the And then, uh, yeah, cover. and then obviously, yeah. Yes. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was fuck. I'm trying to think of. uh... Oh, and then you had them on there as well. The Maniac Cop stuff. I always used to love those covers as well. I and I loved the Maniac Cops when I was young.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just watching them again recently for that interview, and uh, they're. Uh, I really enjoyed them. They're the third ones, eh, but the the first two were really really uh, good movies.
2: Yeah, those. Yeah, there was a few iffy ones, but yeah, the first ones were awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but then, as a kid, I loved all those like all those franchises of horrors. I, I buzzed off them all. Yeah, there was like, uh, what was the, my mind literally just went blank? I had a load in my head stored up ready from about thirty seconds ago. I started to store in my head, and now it just blanked out. Yeah, <laughs> but uh,
1: uh, oh, I'll, it's I'll different age now, though, isn't it? It's yeah. different.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's weird. Like it's weird because. It's, we look back at those with all nostalgia, at how it's changing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do. I'm uh, just staying over. like I'd stay over at mates, and it was always a thing like to watch two or three of the same horror in one night.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I tell you a film what fucking scared me as a kid was uh, Witchboard. Do you remember that film? Yeah, yeah. What's a Ouija I think board? It, that's good. Oh, Ouija boards used to freak the fuck out of me as a kid. <laughs> Uh, it's funny I tell you a funny story uh so where I live with my mum we grew up uh, like a council estate so what's that like uh do you know like the government flats sure um so I live like that and uh but it was lovely it was actually it sounds worse than it is so we're really nice like Hayden Drive where I lived up uh, really super nice um loads of flats there but we got all of us got banned from doing Ouija boards in uh In the bottom, because loads of kids would meet up and do, like, little Ouija boards and shit (laughs) in the bottom, and then everybody would get scared. Uh So we all got banned from doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I used a
1: Ouija board for the first time a few years ago. Uh, I never thought much. Yeah, and uh, I went in not thinking, like, I didn't believe, like, they would work or anything. And uh, my friend Annabelle at the time, we used one at this local uh, cemetery uh, here in the Cape. And, oh, you uh, sick fucks! And it was what are uh, you doing? <laughs> and it was weird because it really, it really moved, and we got like answers, and and they weren't like Mate, creepy. It was like kind of mundane know, stuff. What which made me think like there's something
2: to it? Bro, you you got the ladies on. They're not the low. What the fuck? You you brought them onto you, man. You can't be doing that shit. I'm too like. Who's, somebody recently said to me, do I want to do a Ouija board? I, I'm trying to think who it was, and I was like, fuck no. I'm a pussy, man. Ain't, even if it didn't move, I'd freak myself out. Oh.
1: The, the last no. time, we used it twice. And the other time we used it was Halloween night in Salem, Salem, Massachusetts. We used it out in the woods. Oh, amazing. And, uh, there was a, It was so weird because a raccoon came up behind me and climbed up the tree. It just, like, sat, like, oh. almost over my head. It was very weird. Fuck.
2: What's Salem like, man? That, that uh, must have been a trip. Yeah, I'd love Salem's to do that. Yeah, very
1: cool. It's, like, parts of Salem are very touristy, you know, so, like, they're selling, like, yeah. knickknacks and that kind of stuff. But then there's, like, the real old I'd buy parts that shit as well. Yeah, both parts are fun. So some's kind of, like, kitschy yeah. kind of thing. But then, like, there's parts where it's the real old Salem with the uh, the graveyards there, and stuff, and uh, it's really wild. Oh. We did a walking tour uh, for one Halloween, yeah, and it showed you, uh, you know, where the they weren't. I don't think they're buried, but they had like, um, uh, like, uh, like benches. I think with the names of the witches that were burned. Well, they Fuck. weren't burned. They were. They were nice, hung. man. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. One, I'd what love what to was... go
2: there. I'd love to do that. Cool, man. No, it's been a amazing chatting. Yeah, it's always great to have you on, and we'll do it again. Oh, mate, I really appreciate you inviting me on here. I'd love to come back on. I love it.
0: Right.
2: Big fan of your show, man. Um, and uh, appreciate like like I said before, man. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. It's nice, really nice. I appreciate you coming on, and I know we talked about this
1: before. Thank you, brother. We'll have you back for uh, like a guest host? I think would be fun, and we could talk about. Uh, I'd uh, love to do that. I'd yeah. love to. All right, we'll, we'll do that. And people should thank check you, out who's watching Oliver. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's a great movie, honestly. Not just because you're here. I, I really thank you, it. brother. And uh, you mentioned thank it's you. like on Amazon Video Demand. So there's a lot of different places you
2: can. Yeah, get Yeah, it. it's on. Uh, yeah, loads of places now. Uh, Amazon Video on Demand, Xbox, PlayStation, Google Play, uh, loads of cable networks. Uh, got us on that. Um, Bedu, Verizon, uh, Bar- Bar- or yeah, loads of places. Just google who's watching oliver and you'll find us somewhere um thank you really appreciate it and i'd love it if you checked out the movie obviously <laughs> but yeah cheers very cool thanks again russell i'll talk to you again soon no thank you brother All the best yeah you take care brother you as well mate. thank you man thank you cheers thank
0: you see ya
1: I can't stop killing Let me call that or throw I can't stop killing Was it born a heavy metal? Stay away, that voice of devil Money's blowing such
0: a I can't stop killing I can't stop killing I can't stop killing I can't stop killing Just said I'm into social